even to the point of death, to protect the ones that he loves and the ones that he cares for and the ones that he calls his own. I love this about Jesus. And when I think about our specific mission field, Belain, Brazil, I'm reminded that maybe there's not a lot of Hinduism, maybe there's not a lot of Islam influence there, but there are still those religions that are trying to offer people uh, ways to comfort them in the hole, but they're not helping them get out. There's a major religion in Belain that teaches people that they can't understand God's word for themselves. And if they'll just be a member of their group and, have, and leave the power of understanding the scriptures and obeying that up to other people, that they'll be okay in the end. And guess what? It's not true. They won't be okay in the end if they can't interact with the word of God and be obedient to it. There's another major group in, in Belain that gets a little closer to offering Jesus, but just misses it completely because the leaders of the group are luring people in by promising if they give up their money and give up their belongings to the church itself, then God will bless them abundantly on this earth. And part of that's true. When we give in godly ways, God does bless us abundantly. But the problem is the leaders of this church are getting richer and richer and richer. And everybody in the upper and middle class knows that it's a scam that's preying on the poor people. The 80% of the population in Brazil that's poor, it's preying on them. And then there's another religion, deceiving people in Belém. It's the religion that says that uh, if you practice different kinds of interactions with the dark world, the spirit world, the world of the afterlife or the dead, that you can do things and manipulate things to help you along in this life. Voodoo is practiced. Spiritism is practiced. And those things won't get the lost people out of the hole. Let's look at Luke 24. Luke chapter 24, Jesus is, has been crucified and resurrected. I love this passage. He appears suddenly to some of his disciples. He scares them. They think he's a ghost. He says, no, it's really me. Look at my hands. Look at my feet. And then just to, just to drive home the fact that he is human, let's have something to eat here. I'm hungry. Verse 42, they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it before them. And then this is the passage I want you to see. Verse 44 through 48. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. 
I want to take just a minute and explain to you why this passage is so important to what we're doing tonight, to what our family will be doing on Wednesday, and what we will be doing together for the years to come. Jesus, after his resurrection, before his ascension, he comes to his disciples and he tells them, I need you to get this point. The story all along has been about me. He mentions the Old Testament. And I think to you, you might have heard a couple of phrases like the law and the prophets and the Psalms. Well, the Jews living in those days and the Jews living in today's day know that what he's doing is he's saying the entire scriptures that exist today. The law was the first five books that we have in our Bible, right? The prophets, the prophets included all of the prophets, even what we call major and minor prophets. And then Psalms was another way of referring to the writings, which covered the entire rest of the Old Testament. What Jesus is saying is all throughout the entire Old Testament, all of it has been about this story that you're a part of right here and right now. It always has been. And here's the neatest thing. Here's the neatest thing about this passage. And that repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. What is he saying? He's saying not only has it always been about me and about this situation, what I've done for you, and he says it's always going to be about that. The entire situation is wrapped up in Jesus. That's why that video strikes home so much with me. Because Jesus is the only one and the only thing that really and truly matters. The story of the gospel, the good news of what he has done is the best story that could have ever come into our lives. We have a mission, Mount Juliet, you and I together. God has seen fit to call us to a city of lost souls, a dark place on this planet not yet claimed for his kingdom. And together, together we are rising up to the challenge that he has issued. We've said, yes, Lord, here we are. The Fowler family, Mount Juliet Church of Christ. Here we are. Use us and send us for this mission. Send us to bring the light of Jesus into the dark well of human despair. To call them out of darkness into his marvelous light. And that is a great mission. It's one that is honorable. It's one that has been in his plan for thousands and thousands of years. You are witnesses of these things. Mount Juliet, in February, I stood in this pulpit and asked you to hold the rope. Two weeks later, on March 7th of this year, I stood in this place and made three needs known to you. Those three needs were number one, we need people that, are, that would be committed to praying for the mission. Committed to it. And I want you to know that as a result of that request, we had over 89 people sign a piece of paper saying, I will pray for this mission. 
And I think what you're going to see over the next few weeks is, is Doug is going to be organizing those people into organized prayer groups so that we can be effective in our prayers. And I want to talk about more, more about prayer at the end today. The second thing that I made known is that we still, on March 7th, need to raise, needed to raise $1,000 more per month. And I issued a challenge to meet that. And this is, this is really neat to me. I remember standing out in the foyer near our booth because it was missions weekend. We had our booth up. And I remember a couple guys from my Bible class standing there. And they were talking to me and they said, you needed a thousand? Yes. I wish we had known. And he said, you know what? I think we can take care of this right here. And as a result of that conversation and many others, Mount Juliet right now, in addition to what the church does corporately, we have almost 70 families and individuals that are personally, financially sponsoring this mission work. And almost all of them are from the Mount Juliet congregation. That is amazing. You are amazing. And you definitely have a heart for missions. The third thing that I asked and said that we needed, and it was kind of weird to ask for, but I'm glad I did. We said that we needed to be your friend, to be part of your church family, and to have your mutual support. And after that night, I can tell you that we have been overwhelmed by the love and the outpouring of friendship and hospitality that you have given my family. Thank you very much for all that you've done over our, during our time, our, our four or five months here at Mount Juliet. Thank you so much for that. You are very close to us. I'll be honest, it's hard to leave now that we've grown so close to you. It's very difficult. Thank you so much for what you did tonight already. You don't know it yet, I'm going to tell you. This morning was the last time I will be in Bible class for over a year. Where we're going, there's not a church that we're going to go to Bible class in. The only Bible class that we'll have is my teammate and I, Brian, and our wives sitting there together discussing the Word. And I'm thankful because our Bible class this morning was amazing. We opened up Colossians chapter 1. And we dug into the Word. And it was, it was great and encouraging. And the way the people were responding with that passage about Jesus Christ in the face of the Gnosticism that was going on there, I was greatly encouraged, JP, from your Bible class this morning. And then tonight, the singing, I'll be honest with you, I felt like I was in heaven. Because I know that it'll be until our next furlough before we hear singing like that again. And I was so moved by the words and the way that you were singing them with your heart that I couldn't even sing one word of the song I asked Trey to lead tonight. It was great. Thank you so much for doing that for our family. 
And as we go into the next phase of the mission, we will have more needs that I have no doubt you will meet and exceed. Here are some of the things that we're going to need over the next few months. We need Mount Juliet to be constant in prayer. If we could go ahead and throw these up, that'd be great. Uh, our current needs are to have Mount Juliet to be constant in prayer for the mission and for our family. Number two, we need Mount Juliet to be patient with us through the culture shock and the language acquisition that we will go through. Our basic support group on the field will be our, the one family of teammates that we have, Brian and Melissa. And as you're going to see later, we've got available opportunities for communication back home. But there in that place, it'll just be the two families, for the most part, giving each other support. And we will we'll need you to be patient as we go through that time. Number three, Mount Juliet. We need you to stay in touch with all three of our family members. Not just me checking in on the work and how things are going, but also with, our wife, with my wife and, and with our son, Jonah. We would love to have letters and emails, phone calls and Skype sessions with you and your families while we're on the field. And number four, Mount Juliet, as we are both entering this work for the first time in this way, we need you to be students of missions to give diligence to learning and understanding in the best way that we can how to do the task that is before us. As any team would need to do before a rescue mission, we also need to clarify together tonight what's going to happen and what can you expect in the next weeks and months and years. As I mentioned before, today was our last Bible class for a long time. It was our last congregational singing, other than we will be joining you live via the internet. Absolutely. Maybe if I get Dolby surround, I can actually hear you the way I heard you tonight. I don't know. Maybe they don't have Dolby surround in Belaine. I'd have to check that out. But what's going to be happening, we've already made the last visit to my family's home. We did that Thursday and Friday, or Friday and Saturday. As we came home last night, it was difficult to leave home, knowing that we'll be gone for quite a long time. And as we walked into Amy's parents' house to hear Jonah uh, just out of the blue say, bye-bye, Grandma and Grandpa's house. That was hard. I don't know any, any other way to say it, but that's kind of what's going on over these next few days is we're saying bye to things. We said bye to the place that we lived out on Mr. Bradshaw's farm. We took Jonah around to the rooms and had him say bye-bye forever to his room and bye-bye forever to the bathroom. And we've been trying to distinguish between bye-bye forevers and bye-bye temporary because when we get to the airport, we don't want him to use the same word for his family that he used for his belongings or possessions that he won't see again. And so... We've been trying to, to figure out the best way to do that. On Tuesday, we'll be packing. Many of you have asked if we're already packed, and the answer is no. It's spread out all over the house. On Tuesday, we'll be packing, and on Wednesday, we'll be leaving. 
Wednesday evening our plane leaves from the Nashville airport and we'll arrive in Belain on Thursday afternoon at 2.30 in the afternoon. Hopefully. What can you expect as we get there? Number one, uh, we need to arrive into the country and become legal. In our terms, it means getting your green card. And also, what we have to do is get the equivalent of a social security card. Those will be the first major tasks that we accomplish down there. Getting our foreigner's card and getting our, our social security card or tax card. And then we can open up a bank account. And when we open up a bank account, then we can get money down and start building a home, which is the next big thing that we need to do. Have a home established. We want to find the right home for us, one that's safe, one that we can feel comfortable in, one that's in a good location to where we're going to work, and one that we can afford. The other thing that we'll be doing over the course of the next year is full-time language training. And this is important to you because you want this mission to be successful. And for that to happen, you want Amy and I to be able to speak on an adult level in the Portuguese language. And if we don't ever get to that point, this mission will be hindered from the beginning. And this, is, this is the big thing that we need to accomplish the first year, is to be able to, learn, to speak and converse and think and operate on an adult level in the Portuguese language. The other thing you're going to hear about us doing in our first year is visiting other mission works in Brazil. Mission works that have been there a long time, that we can learn from that have proven successful or unsuccessful in certain ways and that we can bounce ideas off of and they can mentor us as older, wiser people. We also, you'll also be hearing about our plans developing for the School of the Bible Outreach Center. This is the major thing that we want to do to generate contacts in Belain is use a temporary School of the Bible, just something that we can rent, a place we can rent, and offer courses in the scriptures to find people who are interested in the word of God. You'll be hearing about our friendships that develop and how those friendships are bringing those people closer to the light of Jesus Christ. And the last thing I want to make you familiar with in case you hear the word later is the downtown rounds. What I'm going to try to do is during the first two years, one day a week, I want to go downtown and go back to all those places where I bought things setting up my home. Whether it was a cell phone or getting the utilities turned on or setting a bank account up or buying a couch or buying a blender or whatever it is we're getting, silverware or plates or um, tools. What I want to do is one day a week go around to those places and talk to those people and become their friends. And I want them to help me develop my language. And I think we'll go, grow closer when we do that. And you'll be hearing about uh, those downtown rounds for the first two years. One exciting thing is that our teammates are already on the field. And that's made this past week a little bit easier for Amy and I. For the first time in a long time, we've been able to positively answer yes to the question, are you excited? Which we get asked a lot. Are you excited? The answer to that tonight is yes. Brian and Melissa left Wednesday and they got to Belain Thursday morning. And we're excited about it because they're already there and waiting on us to get there and join them. What we're going to do right now is call Brian and we'll have a little conversation with him and a prayer 
uh, just to say hi while he's there. And thanks to the tech guys for being able to make this happen. Brian, are you there? Hello. Hey. What time is it there, Brian? It's 8.48 p.m. here. 8.48. Is Josiah already asleep? Yeah, he's getting grumpy. Okay. All right. We won't keep you too long. What's the weather like today? Well, when the sun was going down at 5, it was raining cats and dogs. But since then, it's cooled down to probably 80 degrees with... 70% humidity. Okay. All right. Hey, Brian, uh, have you met anybody there that you want to tell us about? The very first time we went shopping, we met a man who spoke some English, and he was really curious about what we were doing in Belain. Uh, but he did not speak enough English, nor did I speak enough Portuguese, for me to really talk with him. But Melissa does, and she explained to him that we came to bring the church that Jesus started. And he was just so confused, it was so strange. He kept trying to ask, no, what, what denomination is it? Is it from America or from somewhere else? And I just wish so bad that we communicated with his language. But we haven't got to that point yet. This struck home how important it is this time we're spending now. That's amazing, Brian. I'm sure we'll be meeting people like that for the next several weeks, won't we? Sure we will. Hey, Brian, would you, would you lead our whole congregation in a short prayer, and then we'll let you uh, get off and, and get Josiah down? Yeah, let's pray. Almighty God, we want to thank you and praise you for all the work that you've done so far um, with your mission here to Belen. I thank you for the Mount Juliet Church. We praise you for the work that they're doing in your kingdom and how hard they're working. Father, we ask that you will bless them as they seek to do your will in Elaine and in everywhere else that they're doing your mission. I ask that you would bless Nick and Amy and their family as they are in these last few days here. God, will you give them comfort to their families and give them strength and perseverance to get to the field strong and ready to get to work. I ask that you would bless the people, that you would open hearts, that they would be receptive to the gospel, that you would lead us to those who are ready to know the truth. Father, we want you to be glorified. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brian. Y'all have a good night. Ciao. Good night. Ciao. As you've seen tonight, that phone call was free. Absolutely free. 
and easy, there are free and easy ways to stay in touch with us while we're in Brazil. I put up on the screen contact information. We have a magic jack provided by one of the members here. And what that gives us, uh, as long as we have internet access, we have a telephone number. It's local telephone number. I think it's an old Hickory number, actually. And so, and it's here on the screen, and we're going to publish that uh, later on. That will be available to the whole church. But all we've got to do, if we want to talk to you or you want to talk to us, is pick up the phone and give a call. And it's that easy. There's no international rates. It costs $20 a year for us to do that. It costs you the same as it would cost to call that number. So uh, we hope that that helps us stay in touch. The other thing we have on the screen are Skype names. The first one's for my computer. The second one's for Amy's computer. And what that allows us to do is do video calls for free if you have a Skype account. Go to Skype.com and download that if you want some help. There's at least 10 or 15 people here who are already using that. Hey, if you're using Skype, raise your hand high. Raise it up high. Look at that. So if you need to use it, look around, grab one of those, and they can help you download Skype. We put our email addresses up there and two Internet places you can keep up with the work. Lightforbrazil.com, which hasn't been updated in a while, but will be soon. And Amy's blog that she keeps for our family, FowlersInTheField.blogspot.com. Com. So I hope you'll tune into those in the future to stay in touch with us. One of the things that people have said to Amy and I a lot over the last little while is this. I admire you. You've got a lot of courage to do that. In the past couple of weeks, I've thought about that. And I want to make you aware of this. I'm not sure what requires more courage to sell your goods, to leave a good place and a good income, to uproot your family and take them to another country, or to be the friends and the family that let them go. And not just let them go unhindered, but sends them off with their blessing. I don't know which one requires more courage, to be a parent or a grandparent or a brother or sister of someone who's going to the mission field. To be a, a friend or a family member or a church member that literally sacrifices financially and with their own, uh, their own goods to send people on the mission. Those things require courage. Mount Juliet, you're a courageous congregation. Our families that are sending us are courageous. And they're going to need your prayers as much as we do. They're going to need your help and your support. I want to remind you of an illustration that Jesus used in Luke chapter 11, verses 5 through 13. And I want you to keep in mind that this all has to do with Jesus saving people from the holes that they fall into. This prayer is so important in this mission. It says in verse 5 of Luke 11, And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight? And say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. Verse 8, I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, 
his persistence. He will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, listen to this. Jesus says, and I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be opened. Now listen. Verse 11. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil... Know how, how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Here's what I want you to know. Two things I want you to go away with tonight from the Scriptures. Number one, it's all about Jesus. Luke 24, it's all about Jesus. He is the one that's good, John chapter 10. Okay, so don't forget that. And number two is this. Because I believe that... The number one thing Mount Juliet can do for the mission of God is to pray. Here's the thing about prayer. Number one, God always responds to every prayer. That was the first point of Jesus' lesson. God always responds to every prayer. Isn't that nice to know? Isn't it great to know? Now, it may not be the way we want it, and I know you've heard that a lot. But I'm going to give you something even better than just leaving it, he may respond in a way you don't want. Here's the thing. Not only does he respond to every prayer, he always responds with good gifts. He's not going to give us a We may not know exactly what we need, but God's going to give us what is good for us to have. And that's hard to take sometimes, but it's true. And so if you will pray for this mission, for our family and for our families that we're leaving, we can know that God will hear our prayers and he's going to give a good gift in response. I pray that that good gift will be light for the lost people of Brazil. And that even though our families are separated now, we'll be brought back together. And if we're not brought back together due to death or illness or some other foreseen circumstance, we will be together forever. And the years we're separated won't even be a speck on the map. Praise God for what He does. Brothers and sisters, are there any here tonight who are in the hole? Mount Juliet is a rope-holding congregation. You are a mission congregation. And I challenge you to hold the rope for those who are next to you who will go down into the hole. And if you're down in there, I challenge you as I did back in February to grab hold of the rope and let us bring you out. Jesus can do that. Whatever sin, whatever hole we've gotten ourselves in, Jesus can get us out and break us free and bring us into the light. Do you need him to do that tonight or do you need the prayers that he will answer and give a good gift to? If you need either one of those things, then please come as we stand and sing.